Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Make sure to check it out and tell them the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Tuesday, February 16th, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then please be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts whether that's through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, if you're on Twitter, then please go follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for tuning in to today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Hope you all are off to a, a good start to your Tuesday mornings. I know if you're if you're in the Chicagoland area, you're dealing with a lot of snow this morning. So hope everyone's driving safe. Hope the roads aren't too bad out there for everyone. Uh, just seems like the snow won't stop right now. But another thing that won't stop, ladies and gentlemen, is this young Chicago Blackhawks team. Last night, they defeated the rival Detroit Red Wings 3-2 at Little Caesars Arena up in Detroit. And it wasn't the prettiest of efforts by the Blackhawks. They definitely didn't bring their A game last night. But nonetheless, they still came out with two points. And sometimes when when you're able to come out with a victory and it's not your best effort out there. You're not playing your best brand of hockey, but you still get the job done. That's the signs. Uh, that's the sign of a couple of things to me. One, that shows me how hard this young team is working right now. I mean, they have no fear. Doesn't matter where they're playing on the road, at home, against Tampa Bay, against Detroit. They're they're working hard out there. I know it wasn't the cleanest game. They they weren't very good in their own zone. But I thought the Blackhawks still had a, a good battle, good compete level, and. When the game was on the line in the final minutes, you know, in overtime, the Blackhawks were able to come away with a victory. So, shout out to this young team for, you know, kind of overcoming all the obstacles. They blew a 2-0 lead, but still found a way to get the job done. And the second thing this tells me is that Jeremy Colleton is doing a really good job of coaching this young team and and having them prepared for whatever kind of night it's going to be, whether it's going to be a high-scoring affair like we had against Columbus the other night where we need our offense going a little bit more, whether it's a defensive battle like we were in last night against Detroit. The Blackhawks are still finding ways to come out with victories, and even though they're they're down some of their best players, the defense doesn't look <laughs> anything like uh, an NHL-caliber defense on paper. Two 21-year-olds, a lot of youth back there. Only really Calvin DeHaan, Nikita Zadorov, and Duncan Keith, those are the only three veterans that the Blackhawks have on the back end right now without Connor Murphy, but they're still finding a way to get the job done, and I think that's because Jeremy Colleton is putting his boys in a position to win, and he's having them play their heart out right now. So I got to give credit to Jeremy Colleton, credit to this young Blackhawks team for still 
finding a way to come out with two points last night. And that now actually, the Blackhawks have won five of their last six games, and they have points in 12 of their last 14 since starting 0-3-1 against the Tampa Bay Lightning and Florida Panthers to open the season. The Blackhawks are 8-2-3 in their last 13 contests. That's pretty impressive. And I know this may sound crazy, but with the win, the Blackhawks are now in fourth place in the Discover Central Division with 20 points, a.k.a. they're in a playoff spot right now. Sure, the Dallas Stars, Tampa Bay Lightning, and Florida Panthers, they all have a few games in hand because of COVID-19 and the cancellations to their games and stuff. Uh, Florida's only played 13 games, same with Carolina. Tampa Bay only has 14, Dallas has 12. Even Nashville only has 15. So really, only Chicago, Columbus, and Detroit have been able to play all their games so far. But still, that shouldn't take away from how well the Blackhawks have fared here in the last three weeks or so. I mean, 8-2-3 and three over their last 13 games, that's a really strong stretch here, especially for a team without their leader in Jonathan Taze, without their young superstar in Kirby Doc. Connor Murphy's not on the back end right now. We know what's going on with Seabrook. No Andrew Shaw right now. No Alex Nylander. No Zach Smith. There are a lot of key pieces of this Blackhawks lineup, not with the team right now, but still they're getting the job done, and that's the most impressive part of this team right now. I know... A lot of people are questioning whether or not this early success by by this young Blackhawks team is sustainable or not. And while, yeah, it, it may be a little lucky for the Blackhawks so far, they may be getting a little bit better goaltending than, uh, than maybe they should. I know it's a rookie back there with Lankinen who's been performing so well. He's been standing on his head most nights. So maybe that's hard to have consistently throughout the course of the season, but I don't see why there's, there, there's no reason why the Blackhawks can't keep this up. I mean, they are just really starting to hit their stride. They're finding their chemistry together. DeBrinket's been incredible. Even though he was held off the score sheet last night, he didn't even record a shot on goal. I still thought, um, you know, he's even though it wasn't his best game, he's still having a really good season. Those games are going to happen every now and then. So the Blackhawks, they're just getting their top players to play at the level they need them to. And also, shout out to a lot of the depth players. Last night, it was evident that they needed to be good to get the job done. Matthias Janmark found the back of the net for a six-goal. Dominic Kubalik had two goals to carry the Blackhawks offense. And on the back end, I thought the young kids played really well. Ian Mitchell, I thought, had one of his better games up in the NHL with the Blackhawks so far. Nicholas Bodan extended his point streak to three games, and he was also pretty solid on the defensive side of things for the most part. He had a couple blunders, but that's to be expected with a 21-year-old. And also, I thought Lucas Carlson, he hasn't made any flashy plays for the Blackhawks this season, but that, that's okay. That's not really his game. He's more of a defensive-minded guy at this point. And I, I, th I think he's been handling his own so far in the defensive zone. So the Blackhawks, they're, as I said, they're getting their top players to play well, but it's really important that their role players are uh, performing at the highest level right now. And I think that's, that's why the Blackhawks have a chance to keep this going throughout the course of the season. I mean, it's a good mixture on this team right now. You have some good middle six pieces, some good veterans there as well. Carl Soderberg had a real good game last night. As I said, um, 
Matias Yanmark is off to a really good start this season. Then there's a good mix of youth in there, too. Brandon Hagel, I thought he's been one of the most impressive Blackhawks this season. The dude is so due for his first NHL goal. Then Philip Kirishev's another young guy who's playing really well. Dominic Kubalik's only in his second year of professional hockey over here in North America. And he's looking far from, uh, you know, a sophomore in the NHL. So... It's really, Pia Suter, shout out to Pia Suter, he had the primary assist on the game-winning goal last night, so it's just a lot of things are coming together right now for the Blackhawks, and while it may be unexpected, that doesn't mean it can't happen going forward for the rest of this season, so I'm excited with how the Blackhawks have come out through the first 17 games here in the regular season, and I'm excited to see where it's going to take us the rest of the way as we go forward here in 2021. Alright ladies and gentlemen, that takes care of my first thoughts on the Blackhawks. 3-2 win over the Detroit Red Wings in overtime last night. Coming up in just a minute, I am going to give a full recap of how the Blackhawks got to overtime in order to pick up a couple of big points in the standings. But first, I need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different car manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts for your vehicle, and you can choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you will ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Your team every day. 2020 is mercifully over, and it's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want more wins, then listen to Lockdown Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They are picking college basketball, hockey, and NBA locks all winter long. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Bets wherever you may get your podcasts. All right, I just finished up sharing my first thoughts on the Blackhawks' 3-2 victory in overtime over the Red Wings last night. Moving on now, I wanted to be sure to recap the contest to let you all know how it went down, how the Blackhawks managed to get to overtime. And it wasn't the prettiest 60 minutes before the Blackhawks went into the 3-on-3 period and got the job done. Um, Early on in the contest, I know the Blackhawks, they did score the first goal in this game. But the first three minutes before they were able to find the back of the net were, it was really rough. I mean, the Blackhawks did not look ready at all out of the gate here in Detroit. Detroit was peppering them in the offensive zone. It was a concerning start for sure. I think the shots on goal were 
four or five to nothing in favor of the Red Wings in the first three minutes. Like, it looked like Slapshot Regatta out there. Um, but the Blackhawks, they settled things down a little bit, and they actually scored on their first shot on goal of the game. And it, it came from a beautiful play by Carl Soderberg. He got the puck down low below the wings net after Zadorov threw it around the boards. And Soderberg, he kind of used his size to, to get out towards the front of the net, and then he made a terrific behind-the-back, no-look-pass cross-crease to find Matthias Janmark backdoor for his sixth goal of the season. And that now gives Janmark as many goals as he had in each of his last two years with the Dallas Stars. In 62 games last season, Janmark had six goals and 15 assists for 21 points. And then the year before that, in 81 games, he only had six goals. This year with the Blackhawks, his first in Chicago, he has six goals in his first 17 games, and he's already up to 10 points. And I know that... Yanmark's playing a little bit bigger of a role than he did in Dallas when he was down with the Stars. He was really serving a, a third-line, bottom-six type role. And it's been a little different for him here in Chicago. He's been up on the top line with Patrick Kane. We've seen him on the second line from time to time. He's dropped down to the third line occasionally. Uh, and he came here. The reason Yanmark came here is he wanted to revitalize his offensive game a little bit. And he's done just that so far for the Blackhawks. His analytical numbers aren't all that good. I know he's down there with uh some some he's down there at the bottom uh, among all forwards in the NHL. His Corsi percentage is not good at all. All of his, you know, possession numbers and analytics, they they don't look very good. But one thing I will say about Yanmark uh is that he hustles really hard. I besides maybe Brandon Hagel, I don't know if the Blackhawks have another guy who's capable of chipping the puck in the offensive zone, winning a foot race, winning a one-on-one battle, and creating for the offense. And that's what Matthias Yanmark has been able to do so far in Chicago. I think that's been his biggest attribute is he's winning a lot of foot races, and when teams, they know they kind of know how to play the Blackhawks at this point, especially those top couple lines with Patrick Kane, Alex DeBrinkett, Dylan Strom. They're not really going to outgrind you out there. So if you can make those guys dump the puck in, chances are they're probably not going to retrieve it because there's just not a lot of size there. And uh, the board battles, that's not where they excel. But now the Blackhawks have guys like Brandon Hagel, Matthias Yanmark, who are capable of when the defensemen stand up stand up our, the Blackhawks players at the blue line and make them dump in the puck. They have a couple guys who are capable of going in there and winning it back for their team. So that's where I think Yanmark has had the biggest contribution for the Blackhawks so far. But obviously, it was nice to see him find the back of the net yet again last night. Um, and then about 12 minutes after the Blackhawks took that one nothing lead, they doubled their lead to 2 to nothing. And this time, as I just said, it was a great play by Brandon Hagel, a chip and chase in the neutral zone. He wins a foot race to the puck, and then he just makes the easy pass. He centers the puck to the front of the net. Dominic Kubelik's there. He gets inside position on Philip Hronik. Kind of a, a disheartening play by Hronik. He just sort of allowed Kubelik to get the inside position. Kubelik redirects it home, and bam, with less than four minutes to go in the first period, the Blackhawks have a 2-0 lead, even though they weren't off to the best start up in Detroit. Unfortunately, the Blackhawks, they did something a team never wants to do in the NHL, and that's give up a goal in the last minute of a period or give up a goal in the first minute. This time, with only 14 seconds to go in the first period, the Blackhawks, they got a little scrambly in front of Malcolm Subban, who I'll get to a little bit uh, a little bit later in the episode. They just kind of, 
it seemed like they got scrambly and they lost their position. And Nikita Zadorov and Nicholas Bodan, they, they struggled a bit defensively in the first period. I think I saw they were on the ice for three shot attempts, four to 11 against, and they were also on the ice here for Detroit's goal. And Nicholas Bodan, he kind of just got caught out of position. He, he left the front of the net. He cheated up a little bit to protect the slot. And when that happened, Vladislav Nemesnikov was able to get wide open back door. The wings throw a puck on net. Patrick Nemeth, I believe, had the shot. And then Subban had no idea where this rebound was. Nemesnikov puts it into a yawning cage. And with 15 seconds left, 14.4 seconds left, actually, the Wings were able to cut the Blackhawks' lead in half. And that was one that, that really kind of deflates the sails in the Blackhawks' ship. I mean, you're so close to going up, going into the intermission, up multi, multiple goals. And for, for that to be the type of goal that they allowed, it just shows that, you know, there's still things we need to clean up on in our own zone, especially that pairing of Zadorov and Bodan. I mean... I know the Blackhawks don't really have any choice but to play Big Z with a young guy at the moment, but that just seems kind of like a pairing uh, for that, that's meant to that's set up for disaster per se, and that's kind of what happened here late in the first period. But fortunately, later in the game, Bodan was able to bounce back a little bit. Zadorov did pick up a secondary assist in the first period, so. While they were not the greatest defensively in this contest, I still think their game was strong enough to get the job done. And then the second period was probably the Blackhawks' best. Neither team managed to score a goal, but this was the period where the Blackhawks looked the most engaged offensively. They finished with 11 shots on goal compared to Detroit 6. It was the only period where they outshot the Red Wings, and they outshot them by a pretty... Uh, handedly margin here five nearly as many as Detroit had so even though the Blackhawks weren't able to find the back of the net and uh, reestablish their two goal lead in the second period I thought that that 20 minute frame was definitely their best last night but unfortunately they weren't able to carry that over into the third period they came out real flat and less than six minutes into the third Christian Juice was able to find the back of the net and beat Subban. It was actually his first goal in a Red Wings uniform. And again, the Blackhawks, they just got a little scrambly. They turned the puck over behind the net, and um, the puck eventually made its way out to Juice at the point, and he just walked Alex Dabrinkit. He gave him a little shot fake. Dabrinkit goes down on one knee to block it. Juice just walks right around him. Really no chance for Subban here. Juice puts it top shelf, and boom, just like that. This game's tied 2-2, two to two. and what the concerning part to me about this Blackhawks team was, I, I thought they battled hard the rest of the way, but they were just reluctant to put the puck on net. They only had three shots on goal in the final 20 minutes. That's very concerning, especially after Detroit was able to tie the score early in the third period. I mean, the Blackhawks, they just, they didn't look like they had any desire to win this game in regulation I mean they were playing for overtime I said it with like nine minutes to go I was like there's no hustle in this team they're playing for a point right now they could care less if they got this win in regulation they just want to secure a point and that kind of sucks to see I mean yes I understand the mentality get as many points as you can but I definitely think they took their foot off the gas last night three shots on goal against Detroit I know they're actually a, a better defensive team than most people realize. They do play a defensive style. We talked about it yesterday in the crossover episode with Nolan Bianchi and Ethan Smith of Lockdown Red Wings that they have transitioned to a, a defense-first mindset. But still, 
three shots on goal after the Wings were able to tie the game. They're lucky that Subban played so well down the stretch in order to get this game into overtime because the Wings had multiple chances to win this one in regulation. Fortunately, the Blackhawks were just getting uh, some some strong play by their netminder. And credit to Malcolm Subban real real quick. I got to talk about Subban. It was only his fourth start of the regular season. He was 1-1-1 coming into tonight. But for the third consecutive game, he put together a pretty strong start. I mean, there were some lapses here. His rebound control, I don't think it's ever going to be good. He's just kind of a reactionary save guy. So his rebound control is always a, a little shaky. We saw that on Nemesnikov's goal last night. But besides that one little gaffe, I mean, Subban was great for the most part. He only was tested one time in overtime, but he came up with a big stop. Detroit had a three-on-one where... Fortunately, the Blackhawks' defense was able to kind of break it up. Detroit also kind of blew that opportunity, too. But I'm happy with Malcolm Subban. I mean, if he's going to be the backup going forward, I'm perfectly fine with that because every time it, it seems that he comes in, he's he's putting together a strong start. Besides the season opener against Tampa Bay, I mean, you can kind of chalk that one up as you want. There was only a week of preparation and training camp before that game, so no one was really ready to come out and play that night. And since then, Subban has been really strong in so credit to him for getting the Blackhawks to overtime and credit to him for also keeping, you know, keeping Detroit from putting the puck in the back of the net in OT as well. They had their opportunities to win this game late in the third period. I said they only had one shot in overtime, but still Subban came up uh, with the save when he was tested and that led to the Blackhawks coming out with a victory in OT after Detroit blew an offensive opportunity. The Blackhawks kind of turned and burned. Nicholas Bodan caught Detroit with two men down low. He turned uh, turned around and made a pass to Pia Suter. Hell of a job by Suter to take in that pass. And then he turned and burned. The Blackhawks had a two-on-one from their own blue line go blue line up. And uh, Suter made a nice feed to find Kubalik on a two-on-one at the right dot. And what I loved about Kubalik here is... He didn't one-time this puck. He settled it. He took the puck in, and he made the easy play. He was able to beat Grice five-hole, and while the Blackhawks, they didn't bring their best effort, they still came out with two points on Monday night against the Red Wings. So credit to them for fighting hard. Credit to Malcolm Subban for keeping the Blackhawks in it, and credit to Dominic Kubalik for coming up clutch when we needed him to. Two big goals last night, and the Blackhawks were able to move to eight. 5-4 and four through their opening 17 games of the 2021 regular season. Alright ladies and gentlemen, I think that takes care of my recap of the Blackhawks 3-2 victory in overtime last night against the Red Wings. Coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk about a transaction the Blackhawks made in the middle of last night's game. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKDOWN, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Yes, football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline also has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds for any game you want to watch. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head on over to the website, or you can also use your mobile device to sign up today. And don't forget to use our promo code, LOCKEDON. 
one word in all caps, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Get the upper hand in your fantasy league with daily fantasy hockey advice from Lockdown Fantasy Hockey. Fantasy hockey expert Scott Cullen gives you the tips, insights, and analysis to keep you ahead of the competition. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown Fantasy Hockey wherever you may get your podcasts. Okay, I just finished recapping. The Blackhawks 3-2 OT victory last night. Before I wrap up today's episode, I wanted to be sure to mention that the Blackhawks made a little roster transaction in the middle of last night's contest. So according to Cap Friendly, the Blackhawks assigned defenseman Adam Boquist to their taxi squad and have moved fellow blue liner Wyatt Kalanuck to the active roster. So sure sounds like... Kalanuk will be making his NHL debut rather soon, and it could be even as soon as tomorrow night against the Red Wings. I mean, he kind of has some ties to up north. It would just seem like a good opportunity to get him into the lineup. Um, And for the last couple of months now, Kalanuk, he's been mentioned right there along with Nicholas Bodan, Boquist, Ian Mitchell, etc. He's been another guy in that conversation of defensemen who are going to get an opportunity to play at some point this season. So, while this isn't that shocking of a move, it is a little interesting to see that it came at the expense of Boquist, who, as I said, he was placed on the taxi squad as a result of bringing Kalanuck up to the active roster. And my first reaction to this is that head coach Jeremy Calton is, they're, they're probably making this move because Boquist still might need a little more time to ramp up his game after being out the last two weeks with COVID-19. I don't think this has anything to do with Boquist's game and how he's played so far in 2021. I mean, he hasn't played in over two weeks now, so pretty hard to assess his game when he he hasn't played in three weeks. So that's why I don't think this was a decision based off of recent play or anything. It's just because Boquist isn't quite ready to return to the lineup, I believe. But I'm excited for Kalanuk. I mean, he's another guy with a lot of offensive skill to his game from the back end. He played a lot on Wisconsin's power play unit during his three years there. So definitely excited to see how he plays and kind of where he stands in terms of rank among these young Blackhawks defensemen. I think he's going to provide probably a similar style to Nicholas Bodan. He's a swift skater, good with the puck in the offensive zone. As I said, he might see some power play time. But the question for me is... How is Kalanuk going to fare in his own zone? Is he going to be ready to play, you know, against grown men and and scrap against those guys? That's kind of where we've seen uh, young defensemen struggle in the past. Adam Boquist has struggled in that department. I still think Nicholas Bodan is kind of finding his way. You know, it's not an easy thing for a 21 or a 22-year-old to do, go up against a grown man who's played professional hockey, played at the highest level for years, especially after, you know, 
Kalanuk's only played three or four games down in Rockford, so he really doesn't have that much of a sense or a taste of professional hockey so far. But hey, with the Blackhawks being that this in the situation they're in, why not throw a guy right right into the fire and let him kind of have that sink or swim mentality? I talk about it a lot on the podcast. You know, it's I think the best way to let a guy learn or to teach a guy is by throwing him out there in the exact situation you want him to be good at in one day, you know. You sometimes you got to learn to lose battles in order to win them going forward. So, I'm really interested to see as I said how Kalnick's going to fare in the defensive zone. Is he going to have a, a sink or swim mentality? Um and I, I'm really intrigued for whenever Kalanuk makes his debut, and as I said a minute ago, that could be as early as tomorrow night against the rival Red Wings at Little Caesars Arena. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Tuesday, February 16th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show, and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts, and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. So be sure to subscribe to Lockdown NHL wherever you may listen to your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.